Hi, I'm Johanna Ferreira, content director of Pop Sugar Juntos. Juntos is all about celebrating Latin A culture, pride, our many intersectional identities, and joy. Thanks to support from Prime, there's so much to get into over at Juntos this month. From conversations with the Latin A minds behind our favorite new movies and resurrected TV shows, to thoughtful celebrity commentary, and exclusive interviews with some of the biggest Latin music artists today. And it doesn't stop there. Get more of the music, movies, and shopping you love on Prime. Whatever you're into, it's on Prime. Visit Amazon.com slash Prime to get more of whatever you're into from streaming to shopping. And get all of our latest coverage at PopSugar.com slash Juntos. Con amor, Johanna. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. I don't really know about people's faces. I mean, I, I tease my daughters all the time. They used to play with Barbie dolls, you know, Barbies and Kens. And the Ken doll has all these muscles. And I said, hey, is there really guys that look like this? I mean, because they have muscles all over their arms and stomach. They go, yeah, mom, there's guys that look like this. I said, well, where are they? You know? <laughs> I don't really, I don't care what people look like. I, I notice whether people are nice or how they, you know, how they treat me or how they treat other people. I don't really think looks matter that much. They don't matter to me. You know, I can't see him, so. Rhonda Partain was born with what's called retinopathy of prematurity. She and her twin brother were born three months early. We um, weighed two pounds apiece, and they kept us in incubators. And the oxygen they used on the ultraviolet light, it damaged my optic nerve, so I never was able to see. I could see some light when I was small, but um, I used to wave at my... Dad, he worked evenings at General Motors, and he would flash the headlights, and I would wave at him from the front porch. But by the time I got six, I couldn't see light anymore. I could ride a bicycle and not run into trees because I could see shadows. I didn't know it was a tree, but I'd know something was in front of me. But by the time I got older, I didn't, I couldn't see it anymore. My mother said I was different than other people, and she said that People wanted her to send me away to the school for the blind in Macon. They didn't have specialized services, you know, like in 1969, 1970. And you just put children in a school for the blind, and they lived there basically all year. Well, she insisted that they should let me have stay in the public school. So I was the only blind student in the whole county. And somebody from Atlanta came once a week when I was five. So by the time I started first grade, I could read Braille, and I could read. I was reading better than anybody. So, you know, all the other kids are going... Spot can, and I'm going, Spot can run, you know. So they'd let me read longer than the other children because I could actually read, you know, you know. But she insisted that I was be real independent. I mean, I knew how to, you know, find my clothes and tie my shoes. And she would always say at whenever I'd say, well, I can't do such and such. And she'd say, can't, never could do anything. You know, you can do it. You just have to try harder. You can do it. So by the time I was 12, I could cook dinner and I could do laundry and you know, I'll do everything that basically she did. Rhonda studied psychology and sociology at the University of West Georgia. And while she was a student, a friend set her up with a man named Ben. 
They didn't meet in person right away. They started out just talking on the phone, a lot, for weeks and weeks. But Rhonda didn't tell Ben that she was blind. People um, sometimes get the wrong impression. You know, they, oh, you can't see. Okay, then. I had a lot of guy friends in high school who would tell me about their girlfriends, and I was the one they'd call, what am I going to do? But they never wanted to go out with me much. I was a good friend, but not a, I didn't date very much. So I decided that this particular time, I would wait to get to know the person first and maybe see if he was a good person. And then, maybe if he wasn't really shallow or really just... <laughs> He would go past, you know, once I told, I could tell after three weeks I liked him. And I thought, well, this will settle it. If I tell him that, I'm, that I can't see and he acts uninterested, then I'll know that he's not the kind of person I need anyway. I was startled at first, but I, I found her to be just amazing and it, it never slowed me down. Will you tell me about your first in-person date? Well, the first time I actually saw her, you know, there was no internet back in 1983, so you couldn't send pictures back and forth to each other, and we just didn't do that. So she was by herself. It was on a Friday night. She had joked that you could be an axe murderer or something, and my family's gone on a family trip, and I stayed home. And she swung the door open, and the first thing I said to her is, instead of, are you Rhonda, it's nice to meet you, I said, you're so beautiful. That was surprising that he said that, because I, 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 want, I don't know what I look like as compared to other people. I mean, I know I don't have warts on my nose and all, but he said, what do you want? And of course, I didn't really want to eat anything, because, um, you know, what if you get stuff all over you? you? You know how it is when you go on a date. You don't want to, I mean, I'm sure everybody's that way. So I said, well, I just want a shake. I like Jamocha shakes. We dined at one of the more magnificent places in Douglasville, Georgia. That was an Arby's roast beef restaurant. <laughs> And we sat there basically and, and talked to each other over a milkshake for a couple of hours and we just discussed everyday things and current events. And it was just really like we were kindred spirits or like soulmates from almost the very beginning. You know, most times when, I guess, I don't know, maybe it's different with you, but when you first date somebody, you don't hold hands right away. You know, you get to you know them first. You don't, I guess you don't touch each other that much. But I always had to hold hands because, you know, I couldn't walk with it. I mean, I had to hold on to somebody's arm. Well, see, when you do, when you can't see, you hold on somebody's elbow. They call it sighted guide because you stay a step or two behind. So I would hold him to Ben's elbow, and he would say, well, I don't want people to think I'm just your guide person. I want you to hold my hand like, you know, like we like each other. And I'd say, well, yeah, but if I don't stay a step or two behind you, you know, you drop off the curb. I mean, I know you're stepping down. The next thing you know, I'll fall off the curb. or Because, you know, you stay a step behind, you can tell when somebody steps down. And then you step down. So, but he wanted me to hold his hand. So I'd say, well, okay. <laughs> Just, <laughs> oh, gosh. It's that laugh. She's had that same laugh all these years. And... I realized that I was not likely going to be able to live without that in my life, and I always wanted to hear that. So it's uplifting, and it's gregarious, and it's happy, and it's genuine, and that's the thing that really got me above everything about her. I'm Phoebe Judge, and this is Love. I had bought a ring at a local shop, and I'd saved for months to do it, and I also used part of a credit card. And we were walking around this giant mall this particular evening, 
And I said, man, there's something in my pocket. I just, it's just aggravating me to death. Can you hold this for a minute? And she puts it in her hand and she feels the top of it. And it's kind of a furry ring box. And she said, well, what is this? I said, it's just something I had in my pocket. I don't know, open it and see what it is. I don't remember, it's something I bought a while back. And she feels of it and she feels it's a great big solitaire diamond. And she just started crying, just tears, just flying. I barely had to even ask her. She knew what was going on and I asked her to marry me. And it was about another six months or so. And we did it that January. Ben helped me pick out flowers because I didn't know colors. He would try to describe what colors were by um, tastes. Like, you know, purple is grape because I like grape jelly and I like grapes. Um, So he would tell me different color flowers. You know, I didn't really care because, I mean, I can't see it. But, you know, he would help me. These flowers are pretty. These are, you know, so. (laughs) I got to be quite the interior decorator, quite the wedding planner. I chose the flowers. I helped Rhonda pick out her wedding dress. I helped uh, coordinate the cakes and the colors, and it went off without a hitch, and it was so gorgeous. It was interesting to try to, um, you know, feed him cake after the wedding, how you give each other a bite of cake, because it's kind of hard to know where somebody's face is when you can't see it. So I'm sure he probably had icing all over his face. And we immediately drove to Atlanta and stayed in the biggest hotel at the time in Atlanta, the Peachtree Plaza. It's about 72 floors. And then we took off for the mountains of Tennessee and it just happened to snow that weekend. So it was absolutely gorgeous. They had two children, little girls named Jenna and Krista. Rhonda, when did your children realize that you were blind? Probably about when they started, what, 18 months, maybe two years old, when they could figure out they could hide you know, from me because, um, you know, I could say, Jenna, where are you? And she wouldn't say anything. And I'm like, where are you? And then she'd say, I'm hiding, you know, like that. So I'd say, well, you're going to have to talk when I, when I call you because I can't find you. You know, I can't see where you are. So I, um, I put bells on their shoes when they were starting to crawl, you know, those little um, bells like people do at Christmas. Have you seen little children? And so every time they'd move, it would make this jingling sound because they got to where they would try to hide. They thought it was fun, you know, to, so I would put bells on their shoes to find them because babies can't go anywhere. You know, babies can't crawl and they can't walk. You can hold them and you can put them down. But when they started walking, I was like, oh. So I was real um, careful about where they were. Rhonda bought Braille books and read the girls Green Eggs and Ham and Charlotte's Web. She taught them how to read, using magnetic letters she could put all over the kitchen. The family grew up. And then something completely unbelievable happened. Fox Creative. This is advertiser content from 26.2 Team Milk and their new docu-series, Running Sucks. Is running the worst? Yeah. Do you love it? Do you hate it? I hate it so much. I hate it so freaking much. That you're a real runner now! I hate it. I'm Abby Ayers, a 37-year-old mom from Utah who found herself running across the Manhattan Bridge in my first race ever. Running Sucks celebrates women who run and the running communities that carry them across the finish line. Running helped me in so many ways postpartum. 
It really is about taking my power back and proving myself wrong. For every person like you, I'm telling you you belong, and I'm telling you you can do it. I never thought the words would leave my mouth, but yes, I'm planning on running a marathon. <laughs> I can't even say it without laughing, because, like, who would have thought? Watch Running Sucks at runningsuckstheseries.com and learn more about how Team Milk is helping women runners across the country conquer their next course. Hey, this is Scott Galloway, author, professor, entrepreneur, and most importantly, host of the Prop G podcast. We got a special series running on right now called The Future of Work, where I answer all your questions on, surprise, The Future of Work. Questions including, what are we missing when we work remotely? Or how do we handle work-life balance when a major opportunity comes knocking? From the provocative to the technical, we're offering insights you won't want to miss. So tune in to The Future of Work, a Pod special sponsored by Canva. You can find it on the Pod wherever you get your podcasts. I was driving one day and I could see what seemed to be like halos of light around my vision field. And at first, I didn't think much of, of it. I thought I had been working quite a bit, and it was maybe eye fatigue or something of that nature. So it went on for a few days, and I happened to mention it to Rhonda one evening. And she said, oh, well, we need to have your eyes tested immediately. You know, you have all the eyes for the family besides the kids. You have the adult eyes, so... She had me go to a retina specialist shortly thereafter. Rhonda, do you remember when he said that to you? He tried to say, you know, I'm just tired. I've been working 12 hours, 14 hours a day, and it's no big deal. And I said, well, you know, I, nobody ever asked me, did, did I want to go through life not seeing anything? And you've got eyesight, and I think that's a gift, and you need to take care of it. What did the doctor say? He made the diagnosis of some advanced diabetic retinopathy, and I'd be almost totally blind within maybe a matter of months to a year. I mean, uh, it's kind of like, are you kidding me? I mean, it's, I don't know. What was your, what was your... It was, it was hard, because, you know, I happen to, you know, believe in God and all, and I thought, well, you know, my life is how it is, and I'm, I'm good with it. But I thought, come on now, um, you know, <laughs> I didn't sign up for this. Isn't it enough that I can't see? I mean, isn't it enough? I don't feel good with this, and I'm happy, and, you know, I'm positive, and I'm... Isn't that just good enough? I mean, do we have this much trouble in our life? I mean, I mean, this is not... This shouldn't happen. I, I, you know, I was thinking, no, this can't be true. It just can't be. What are we going to do? You know, I, I, I had begun to depend on his side. He could tell me what, what a can was. Is this peas or is this peaches? What is this this letter we got here? Is this a bale or should I throw it away? And when he couldn't see things, it was hard. I mean, it just was. She basically put me through blind boot camp. That's the way I would phrase it. And I couldn't feel sorry for myself because she never felt sorry for herself. So He would say things like, where is the, the jelly? And I'd say, it's on the top shelf on the left. No, it isn't. I can't see it. And I'd say, yes, it is. You just have to look for it. You know, put your hand in there and fill around on the shelf. It's there. You're going to have to find it. And he'd say, well, come and get it for me. I'm, no, I'm not going to get it for you. You need it. What if I'm not here and you want it? You, you know, so 
I mean, it's, you know, walk to the mailbox. See, there's sidewalk here. There's grass. You can touch the grass. They call it, you know, shorelining because there's grass around the sidewalk. Just, you know, the sidewalk will go down and you'll feel the curb. You, you have to learn how, I won't always be here to help you. <laughs> you know, I mean, you ha- my mother did that when I was small. Like, no, you can too find your shoes. Go get your shoes. Go get your jacket. I don't know where they are. Well, yeah, you do. You wore them. Go find them. Uh, she taught me how to pour a cup of coffee. I simply put my fingers near the edge until I pour the coffee and could feel the heat of the liquid before you run it all over the ground. So she taught me things that I had taken for granted all those years when I was perfectly sighted. And uh, I really took to it because after all, I had seen her put these things in action for all those years that we were married before I started having vision problems. So. When you heard that you might, you know, be losing your sight completely, were there things you wanted to look at again? Did you think about that? I need to look at Rhonda. What What were you thinking? I, I'm going to miss seeing this. Well, the thing that affects me every single day, even today after almost 15 years, is being able to drive. I really miss the freedom of being able to get in my car and go down the street to go get a newspaper. I miss reading the newspaper. Uh, You know, technology has overcome a majority of the things that were my concerns. I'm able to read the paper online. I use a magnifier. I went back to college, and I'm close to finishing my business degree online, so I'm able to do that. And it's just been a real blessing to have been with a person that had the wherewithal to stick with me and show me that there is a better way to do it. How is this changed your relationship where instead of me working 12 to 14 to 16 hours a day outside of the home we both have work at home jobs and we work a little bit each of us and we're together practically 24 hours a day there are challenges but we've really overcome any of the challenges and we really enjoy each other's company we're able to uber around the area So we have a very full life. We have five grandchildren, and uh, we haven't focused on our inability to see. We've focused on the things that we still can do in life and that we can enjoy now that uh, maybe I didn't have time to enjoy previously. So we've made the best out of a really challenging situation. What do you think? You've been married for how long now? 30? 33 years this January, and I knew her two years before that, so May 20th will be 35 years we've actually went on our first date. Rhonda, I am, maybe this is dumb, but do you ever get upset that Ben knows what you look like, but you don't know what he looks like? Sometimes, because sometimes I wonder what I look like. You know, um... You know, women are real obsessed with their looks, sometimes too much, really, um... so I can't compare myself to other women. I can't look in the mirror and go, oh. <laughs> I mean, I know I'm, when I'm getting fatter or something, after the holidays, I'm like, oh, man, you know, I can't fit in these jeans anymore. <laughs> but, I mean, you know, and then, of course, he's going to say I look pretty. I mean, he sort of has to, you know, if he wants to live with me. But <laughs> So, but uh, still, I mean, you know, and I know what he looks like, too, sort of. I mean, I know, you know, I, he's... I don't know. It's something you wish you knew. I mean, I guess people say, if you could see one thing, what would you want to see? Well, I'd want to see Ben and my children. You know, that's, uh, you know, I wouldn't want to see, you know, Niagara Falls or a mountain or something. I'd, I'd want to see them. You can't think about it much. I mean, sometimes I do. Sometimes I'm sad. People think, oh, 
you're such an inspiration. I mean, isn't it awesome that, you know, even though you don't have your sight, you're, and I'm thinking, so I told Ben I was going to have a shirt made that said, today, I don't feel like being an inspiration. Today, I, I want to be sad that I can't see the sunrise and I can't see the sunset and I don't know when my children smile at me or my grandchildren. You know, today, I don't want to try to encourage you and that, to be positive because I'm positive. Because people think I'm supposed to be happy. I mean, I'm happy maybe 95% of the time, but sometimes I'm kind of sad. <laughs> ben knows. <laughs> well, you know, people do think he's nice. They would say things like, oh, your husband is so sweet. And I'm like, why? Because he married me? You know, that's what they thought. That's what they meant. Well, bless his heart. Isn't he just so nice? I mean, you know, you can't see it all. He married you. And I'm like, well, I mean, I'm not, I mean, <laughs> like they wanted to put him up for sainthood because he just married me. Like he'd made the ultimate sacrifice, you know. <laughs> Um, I wonder if you would introduce me to to your dogs here, and certainly to introduce me to Caesar. Well, Caesar is a golden retriever, and I got him from Southeastern Guide Dogs in Palmetto, Florida. And um, I, he's my second dog. I had one before. And there's Shadow under the table, who is a lab mix. She's 12, and he sees Caesar wants to get up now because I called him. He, and he, so he's sweet. He knows how to find curbs. You can tell him forward across, find the curb, um, find the door out when you're in a building. Like when you're, if you go to church and you say, find the door out, Caesar, he'll take me to the door that goes outside. Um, there's a bench outside. I can say, find the bench, and he'll put me where the bench is. And you can't just say, take me to McDonald's or anything. <laughs> People think dogs can just do anything, but he, he just knows what I tell him, you know. He's a very handsome dog. Yeah, he's sweet. He's very sweet. He loves Ben, too. He just thinks, you know. Ben teases me all the time. He says, yeah, he thinks he's mine. Because he, when we come back from walking, as soon as we get inside and I take the harness off, he goes to Ben because he wants Ben to say he did good. You got Mom home safe. You're a good boy, you know, and he tells him. Yeah. <laughs> We want to thank you so much for listening to our first season of This Is Love. It was wonderful to do, and we've been so happy to hear from a lot of you about these stories and what they've meant to you. We're already working on the second season of the show, and we've got some amazing stories coming up. And we might have a few surprises even before then. This Is Love is produced by Lauren Spore, Nadia Wilson, and me. Audio mix by Rob Byers. Our intern is Matilde Urfolino. Special thanks to Tina Antolini and Pop-Up Magazine. Julian Alexander makes original illustrations for each episode of This Is Love. You can see them at thisislovepodcast.com. This Is Love is recorded in the studios of North Carolina Public Radio, WUNC. We're a proud member of Radiotopia from PRX, a collection of the best podcasts around. Special thanks to AdCirc for providing their ad-serving platform to Radiotopia. We'll be back soon. I'm Phoebe Judge, and this is Love. Radiotopia. Why do you run? Why does anyone? I always thought that runners loved running, and that's not the case. Most runners hate running, <laughs> but they choose to do it. In the new docu-series Running Socks brought to you by Team Milk, 
Abby Ayers learns why women runners everywhere are driven to go the distance. It really is about taking my power back and proving myself wrong. Team Milk is about fueling women's performance and helping them along their marathon journeys. You can sign up now for the inaugural Every Woman's Marathon taking place in Savannah, Georgia on November 16th, 2024. Learn more and register at everywomansmarathon.com. More to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high-quality leads, fast-closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark-breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today.